48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is the value of art from the perspective of non-artists. And uh, the reason why I picked this topic is because right now I've been just doing a lot of research. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build up some passive income streams using my artwork um, on uh, more or less Amazon through uh, Amazon Merch or Merch by Amazon, which is sort of their you know, T-shirts, and I think they've got pop sockets now, but it's pretty its pretty limited to T-shirts and hoodies and things like that. And uh, I'm sure it will grow, even though it seems very saturated already. Um, and also through uh, Amazon KDP, which is the Kindle publishing platform. Um, anyway, so so yeah, I'm, I'm looking at ways to, you know, get my artwork out there. And in, in my research, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos, and I'm kind of surprised that well, I know that there's artists in that space, but uh, most of the people that I'm seeing doing the YouTube videos are more on the marketing uh, side of it. And almost every single one I watch, they say, you know, I'm not a designer, you know, so it's, it kind of starts with that. And it, to me, it seems a little odd. I mean, more power to anyone who's, you know, who can, you know, earn a living doing whatever they want, you know. Um, but, you know, it's like, I mean, I run and I jog and I do that stuff, but I'm not a fitness person. So I would never like try to go into being, um, <laughs> you know, like a personal trainer, but see, but it's just, but, and that's kind of what, what brought me to this um, topic is because it's basically what they're, what a lot of these marketers are doing or they recommend you do this good, like Fiverr or, you know, outsource, you know, to, you know, some countries where the you know cost of living is real low. And that could be a little different than just Fiverr. Well, a lot of that stuff's on Fiverr too, but judging from my experience and knowing how many clients I've had come to me because they went to Fiverr and them showing me what they got for what little money they spent, which is probably more than they should, should probably better than what they should have got because five dollars is nothing really and and if you are in a in a country this is just my thing but if you are in a country that where the costing cost of living is lower um and you can live for a week on five dollars um just think what you could do with you know quite a bit more than five dollars because that's what your artwork is worth if you're you know i mean you could be like you know rolling in money you know but anyway so um that's kind of a little tangent but anyway so but but you know a lot of their advice is you know go to fiverr and, and i've seen the work they don't their people are really they don't show you a lot of what they're putting out there because the other thing about that space is that people are constantly just ripping off people's ideas and anytime you watch a video where they they basically this is this is how it works they go okay go and see what's popular and don't they always say don't take their ideas um, but see how you, if you can improve on it. And usually they're not really improving on it because they're, like you said, they're not, they're, they're just not investing in that. And, and the game is to throw as much garbage at the wall and see if it sticks. And yeah. kind of like when you're, when you're, you know, doing like a, a like a, uh, like a spam, like spamming email. I mean, most people, it goes to filters and all that, but there's a small percentage you get a little bite. So it's kind of that mentality. Um, and to me, I want to go into it thinking that, okay, if these guys put up a hundred, just throw a hundred designs out there in the ether and hope something sticks. I mean, hundred garbage designs. What if I, what if I just did 10? Can I, can I have the same results with 10 awesome designs? Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll I kind of have to figure cause there's not, uh, see, I mean, I'll have to, figure this stuff out because there's not a lot of other artists that I can find that are doing this, that are talking about it anyway. I know there's some good stuff out there. Um, yeah. Just it's, it's this whole mentality about the, 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 you know, this, the, the, the they just don't value the art and really the art, if you're selling the t-shirt, I mean, I understand a lot of it has to do with SEO and I think, and that's why I think hopefully it's a lot easier for an artist 
myself to learn how to do the SEO and the marketing than it is for a SEO marketing person to learn how to do art. So hopefully that kind of gives us the upper hand. And I would love to see more artists moving into this space um, because there's just so much bad stuff out there. We need to put more good stuff in the world. And somebody made this analogy um, in one of the shows that I'm watching, a YouTube channel. Um, they said that like, say like Redbubble is like Target. And then they said Amazon is like Walmart. And I, to me, I heard that and I'm like, I think you're being too hard on Walmart because the thing is when you go into a store, Walmart, Target or whatever, you look at the products on there, those products aren't designed by people on Fiverr. All right. They, they're, they're designed by people that are paid a decent amount of money by advertising agencies that make a ton of money because there's value in that, you know? Whereas yeah. look on Amazon and it's like a swap meet. It's not like Walmart. Walmart is definitely a step up from what you're seeing, uh, just all the garbage stuff that you're seeing on Amazon. So I'd love for more great art to be on there. I'd love for people to to see that I that what I think, if you just hire somebody, pay them a decent amount of money to do something good and put out a you know, put out like half as many good designs as just the garbage designs, I think, I think the cream will rise to the top. I don't know. I don't know how much of it has to do with how well you tag your stuff. Like, I think if you could do both, which is hopefully what I'm trying to learn how to do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to me because I'm, I'm trying to pick up, I'm trying to learn this stuff. I'm trying to learn the SEO and all this stuff and the marketing, Yeah. but it's really hard for me to listen to this when, when they're giving advice like this and they just place no value on what is essentially the product itself. When you're selling a t-shirt, the, the product is the artwork. And if it's crappy artwork, it's a crappy product. Uh, so, and it's like there's no value on it. So I know that was kind of went on for a while, but that's that's kind of that's the topic. And what so you're I, and what you're dealing with, real quick, Josh, is uh, what you're dealing with is people who know the cost of everything and the value of nothing. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted. I just wanted to kind of interject that. So no, I'm, I adore it. Um, so I think like one of the things that people. So I worked in t-shirts for a long time, and when I tell people that, they'll think of like mall t-shirt shops and like the lowest form of, um, you know, graphic design. You know, where it's like, you know, you're maybe using your own vinyl plotter or something, and like. Oh, it's mom's birthday. Let's like print, you know, a t-shirt design on there. Let's grab but, some clip art and exactly an iron but, on. But the kind of t-shirt design I was doing ended up like really uh, soaring in popularity. And, and I'm not saying that to brag. The reason they did well was that there was strong concepts, unique concepts that got ripped off later on. <laughs> And then they looked good. Like you'd look good as a human being wearing that shirt. Um, and so the art in itself on the shirt helped sell the product. So there's different avenues, right? Like there's, you know, um, a very small market for somebody who's going to wear a world's best grandpa t-shirt. Right. Um, but I, if it's from what I understand, what's up? <laughs> It's a pretty big market from what I understand. That's a lot of the stuff that people are putting out there. But what I'm saying is like the market aesthetics matter. Like yeah, in the yeah. sense of like, like if you go into a store and you have a crappy looking world's best grandpa t-shirt, right. And then you have one where it's hand lettered by Jessica Hish, you, you know, what's going to be shocking and, and what tends to happen is the Jessica Hish thing sells better. People can't even explain why they'd go for it. It just looks better because it's custom, because they're, it's following aesthetic laws. It's, it's following visual uh, uh, science that, that helps push the product. Now, does that mean that that's always the case? Not at all. <laughs> um to, to non-visual people, they don't even realize that graphic design affects their decision-making. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, but it does. It affects every product they buy. 
Um, and you can see this just by walking, like walk through a major city and look how many people are wearing crappy, ugly t-shirts with like terrible type slapped on them. Um, surprisingly, like people are actually pickier with their clothes than, uh, than I think people who are kind of doing that hustle like to admit. <laughs> I, uh, I have a theory on that. <clears throat> and my theory is whether you're consciously or subconsciously doing this, when you, uh, when you do things that affect the way that you look, yeah. you get a haircut, you, you, you choose a t-shirt for the day, you, you wear a tie or don't wear a tie, um, you shower or don't shower. Um, in essence, what you are doing is you are making a series of choices of how you would like to be perceived by those that you interact with that day. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's a huge deal and most people realize it. That's why most people, you know, will not go to work without like brushing their teeth and putting on deodorant. And, you know, those are, those are a different sense, but they also will, you know, make sure that their clothes look somewhat presentable. And then in addition to that, you know, like what you broadcast with what you wear is very valuable as well, because you're, you're tribing up, you know, you're going to signal to your tribe. Um, you know, I like, I like this show. Um, yeah. I am against this thing. You know, I feel this way about this. The, the irony of this is that every generation has kind of like a, a dress code for the, for the rebellion, you know, um, yeah. whether it's, whether it's goth or metal or punk or whatever, it initially starts as, as a counterculture rebellion and then gets codified as like, if you would like to be perceived as not mainstream, then here is the uniform that you wear, yeah. um, which is the beginning of the end of that aesthetic um, every, time. <laughs> every time. Right. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and so it's interesting, it's interesting to, to think that we are hyper aware, at least on a subconscious level, which I guess is contradictory. Um of the visuals that we use to self-identify. Like we are, we are broadcasting our identity to the world based on what we choose to wear, yeah. um, based on where we choose to go, what we choose to do with our time, what we say out loud in public uh, to other people. Like these are all choices that, that are, are branding. And I don't like using that term because it's been kind of sullied and, it feels weird, but um, like design principles, the principles of aesthetics are based on, they're not based on like, you know, a bunch of people got together and decided, I like it when complementary colors are used. Yeah. Like they're actually based on um, the study of perception. And so yeah, like, gestalt. We, yeah, we don't necessarily need to get into like gestalt theory or anything like this, yeah. but like there were a bunch of German psychologists that studied um, human perception and came up with a series of rules based on the way that our eyes behave and the perception of those electrical impulses to our brain. And every design principle has its roots um, in that. And so when, when we say that like kerning and letting and tracking uh, help legibility, um, that's because it's very solidly based in science. Um, yeah. and, 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 and so like you take somebody like Scott, um, or you take somebody like, uh, you know, an opportunist, uh, you know, who's out there and I'm just going to like, I'm just going to put out hundreds of designs a day. I don't care. Right. There is going to be, even to the untrained eye, there is going to be a perceptible difference. And the reason is that, being able to understand and create things um, with design principles in mind will signal to your basic brain that this is a good product because it's using the things that your brain uses to perceive the world um, yeah. in a good way. So, so this is kind of getting to kind of the crux of why I was talking about that. Um, 
some of that is the marketplace. Um, like, like one thing to kind of realize is like to be a short order cook, like, uh, like a line cook uh, at like a, at a fast food joint has a different value and a different result and a different train training level than like being a short order cook at like a mom and pop that's going to do breakfast is going to do lunch, a whole variety of food. That's not like on a limited menu and uses actual meat instead of like, you know, pink slime or whatever. Um, and, and each tier that you go with a restaurant, you're going to get different results and, and you get different results in the sense of health. You get different results in the sense of like cost for item. Um, but there is a place for like fast food, you know, in food. I'll add to this analogy that there's yeah. also a different expectation in your audience. Exactly. And so if and, you if you pay if you pay a dollar fifty for a burger and it it's like dry, it tastes like a hockey puck, you're gonna be like, Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. But if you pay ten dollars for a burger, the expectations are significantly different. So the skills agreed. that are required are significantly different. Yeah. Like if it, you know, just imagine if you were to go to like one of those black tie restaurants where it's like the menus chosen for you and there's a red carpet when you're walking in and you go in and it's like a big Mac, your review of that is going to be a lot different than if you spend like five bucks for a big Mac or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, it's tough. Like I, I, what you're talking about, Scott is really difficult in the marketplace of something like Amazon, where it's a saturation issue. It's, it's very akin to like trying to open a gourmet restaurant in, in a, in a uh, city that is dominated with fast food. And you're trying to be like, look, this is healthier. You know, it's, it's better for you. It'll taste good, right? But there's all these different fast food joints like saying, hey, we're cheaper, we're cheaper, right? Um, and so this is like the kind of fine balance and, and fine line we have to kind of dance as artists. And I think the only way around it is for artists themselves to start advocating and communicating more. Um, and also start competing in that marketplace. So I think Scott, what you're talking about is, is great because in the marketplace of visual, um, I firmly believe that nine times out of 10, uh, strong visuals win. Like, and, and I've seen it in my own, you know, career, um, even in my current day job, like where, where I work as an art director, if, what I visually brought to the table didn't increase sales, I would be gone. <laughs> but what's right. weird is this weird conundrum where, yes, there's there's an element of like fast, quick, um, hit deadlines, all of that. And that's in any art, even the more fast foody, uh, the more gourmet of art uh, is still kind of deadline driven and and speed oriented. And they always want it fast, good, and cheap, right? Scott, Scott and I have talked about that, but there's that beautiful diagram of like fast, good, and cheap. You can pick two. Um, but, uh, but what I'm getting at is like when people invest in quality, they get profit. It's a weird thing. So it depends on your business model, right? Do you want, do you want to be, um, yeah, and, and this to me is like how I deal with it with clients and stuff. And Scott, I'm, I, I want to hear you chime in on this as well. But it's like to me when I was doing T-shirt design as my main income, I wasn't trying for the hustle of the mall shop because the hustle of the mall shop you can't compete with. That's more about speed and technology, and that will be automated eventually. And, and Corey and I have talked about it, about that ad nauseum but like that kind of job like if you're you know the guy just kind of replicating what's been done and what's trendy and you're doing it quick and cheap and using whatever ideas are out there and there's no style to it or substance that's very easy to automate so at some point you're gonna if malls are even around right because malls are disappearing really quickly due to amazon but um 
you know, if, if that kind of thing's around, eventually it's just going to be a machine where you just kind of say, I want it to say this. And in a crappy font, it just prints it for you. I mean, that already exists yeah, to, to yeah. an extent. Um, so, or even, so in really, a, like, even in a not crappy font, I mean, yeah. Adobe and others, you know, the, <clears throat> we're, we're struggling with this right now where, uh, you know, in, in class, I'm teaching people to be visual communicators and teaching graphic yeah. design and illustration and all these things. And some of the students are like, here's this program where I can choose like one of these 12 templates and it looks really good. And I'm like, yes, that is true. And that will be helpful for the, uh, you know, the hot dog vendor that doesn't have enough money to like hire somebody to do that type of thing. Um, but when that guy's business really starts taking off and he wants to build a franchise out of it, um, that template, those 12 templates are also available to everyone else on the planet, you know? And so customized quality design uh, is, is significantly more difficult, more expensive and more important and more effective because of its uniqueness uh, than, than something that's like readily available. So, I mean, I'll tell you right now, like if you don't want to learn design, that's fine. Go use spark, go use Canva, go use all that stuff and your stuff will look okay. It will look like everyone else who chooses one of those 12 to 24 templates, but it'll look fine. Right. Um, but if you want something unique and, 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 and the value of unique is super important because our current system is based on uh, scarcity, right? And so think about how scarce your design is if it looks like nothing else out there. It looks good. It's yeah. designed well, but you can tell that's a Joshua Kimball original. That's a Scott Circland original versus, oh yeah, that kind of looks like those black t-shirts that have Helvetica on them and then they have like words on them. So, yeah, and 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 here's the thing: like even the black T-shirts that uh, use Helvetica, right, originated somewhere, mm-hmm. and the place they originated with made a crapload more money than the people who were imitating. Yeah, and and this is something that's really important, like highlighting uh, graphic design, the importance of graphic design. Um, one of the T-shirt artists that that uh, kind of was among like my peers when I was in the game um, transferred from t-shirt design to doing uh, political campaigns. And so, you know, one of the campaigns that really benefited from solid graphic design was Barack Obama when he was running and it it literally revolutionized social media. Um, It revolutionized how people campaign and how they design their campaigning. And uh, that was all done by a t-shirt artist. Now, a mall t-shirt artist, it, you're not going to see a real tick in the campaign because everybody's got the same campaign poster. They're all pulling from the same template. And so um, like, like what, what I guess I'm getting at is like nine times out of 10 concept trumps talent <laughs> and nine times out of 10 um, individual trumps templates. And um and and it's just uh, it's just a matter of like really looking at the data. So like Scott, what you're talking about, I I really I I have hope. I can't. There's there's another angle to it. Maybe we can get into like the kind of devil's advocate thing, you know, as we as we go on with this topic. But um, I I, I feel like you kind of have to retain hope and see light in situations. With graphic design, there's always naysayers who are like, "Design is over," um, <laughs> you know, the machines have taken it, and and that goes back uh, centuries. I mean, it, it's it's um, you oh, know when there's movable type now, it's all over. Yeah, I mean, like there was this big um, thing between Schongauer and um, uh, Albert Durer, where um, Schongauer was using lithograph which was a new technology, right? And Albert Durer was using woodcuts and they had this big competitive thing because they were both uh, phenomenal illustrators and um, and were making most of their money doing book illustration, right? But it's like, 
So Schongauer and Albrecht Durer are like doing this big face off. And at the end of the day, Albrecht Durer won using a woodcut because his illustrations were better. Right. So it didn't matter the technology. Like he, he made better illustrations, better quality work. And he did it using woodcut, which actually showed up Schongauer. Right. Um, this, this repeats over and over again, like, early 90s, um, late 80s, uh, the computer just destroyed a lot of graphic designers' livelihood, right? But it was only about a year or two until the whole culture was like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of gradients. <laughs> you know, like, I, I kind of like, that's a cool, shiny effect, but how do we get that, like, thing that, like, Milton Glaser was doing in the 70s and then the education of like graphic design came back in, you know what I mean? Um, the education of what those guys, a lot of who were put out of work were doing with paste up came back and just transit transition from like physical to digital. So like, to me, I really strongly believe that um, if you're a designer or an illustrator out there, um, you can make, you can eke out a living doing the same old crap, um, maybe hiring people on Fiverr, using stock art and cutting every corner in, in the world. But you can actually make a real mark and make a much larger income by contributing something new, individual, and, uh, and, 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 and created by you as an individual following graphic design principles. And the pay difference is massive. Um, and so to me, it's like, I, there's a part of me that dislikes Fiverr. There's also a part of me that feels like, I don't know, if you're a graphic designer and you want to go on Fiverr and that's how you want to make your living, good luck to you, dude. Go for it. Um, because right. when I get quoted those rates, I send people to Fiverr. I'm like, you go to Fiverr, get a copywritten design, get, you know, get stuff that's probably clip art that was free that they're reselling for five bucks. Um you know, but if, if you want quality, like this is what it costs, you know, and, and in a weird way, it's like, I feel like our job as illustrators and graphic designers is to be really clear, whether we're a fast food restaurant, whether we're a gourmet restaurant, um, because people are willing to pay for gourmet food, you know, if they understand it, that it's gourmet. Yeah. But if they're coming for gourmet, and they want it at fast food prices, what's going to happen at a gourmet restaurant? If you want um, a plumber, like a really solid plumber, I'm talking like quality plumber at the cost of, um, you know, your buddy down the street who kind of toys around with plumbing. Um, what's that plumber going to say to you when you're like, yeah, well, I could get this for like 10 bucks an hour. Like how does the plumber respond? They're, they're going to respond with like, well, good luck with the 10 bucks an hour guy. Call me when you, when your pipes get backed up. Yeah. When, you, when the stuff falls apart, that's the thing is like we're contractors and, and contractors for decades have had trouble competing with contractors who do shoddy work for cheap, you know, with outsourced labor, all of the stuff we're dealing with is business stuff. And, and I think it's really important to kind of, to kind of create a map of of um, of the risk that you mitigate, right, by hiring somebody who's good, or and and similarly, like, you know, you, you can buy a cheap T-shirt and cheap, and the design's cheap, and and the graphic design on it looks terrible, but it says something that reflects your personality, and you'll look terrible in it. But people might be like, ah, that's a funny T-shirt, or you could wear a funny T-shirt that makes you look good, right? Um, because it's well-designed and well-executed. And and I, I'm totally rambling, but my point is, if the case were that the crappy T-shirt sold better, then every time I was at a concert venue, the thing that was on discount that's terribly designed would be the thing selling out for bands, right? But what's weird is, what you'll notice sells well for bands are things with like a really strong concept or really great artwork. Yeah. But here's the thing, Josh, 
imagine if you had a table at a concert venue and you had a number of designs on the table. Yeah. However, the best designs were under the table and people couldn't see those designs. Right. That's kind of exactly. What, I mean, that that sometimes that's the case because some of the uh, that's why I want to I want to learn the SEO and the marketing angle of it because, like I said, it's easier for me to learn that than it and and because I already have the artistic skills. 100%. It's going to be harder for a marketer to compete and learn how to or part with enough money and take that risk because it is a lot of risk, especially if you're throwing up hundreds of designs. If you're paying, you know, I mean, it just it, it makes me cringe. But even sometimes they even they like brag, some people brag and said, I'm paying a designer fifty dollars or fifteen dollars a design. And I'm like, oh, so but. But anyway, but so so part of it is getting it visible. If you if you've got the best designs in the world and they aren't showing up, then that's a problem. So yeah, yeah, well, and that's and that. that's where that's where it becomes a challenge. Uh, and and this is this is a I think a problem with any type of art, uh, whether it be design, illustration, animation, or whatever. Like, unfortunately, um, being the best isn't good enough you also have to know how to get your stuff out there um you know so there are a lot of people that sit and work on their craft but never figure out how to like network appropriately never figure out how to pitch themselves never figure out you know how to play the seo game and uh and i wish this weren't the case because all of that stuff isn't fun but that is how the world is. And so your, your analogy, Scott, of like the stuff, the good stuff being under the table, like the consumers are going to buy a good idea. Uh, and I believe that they will buy the best designed version of that idea out there, but only if they see it. Yeah. And so, you know, if there's a bunch of garbage and the good design, you know, doesn't come up, you know, they'll, they'll buy the best in the garbage pile, but, uh, but the good design has to get out there. It's super frustrating. Um, but I mean, it's no longer, it's, it's, it's a volume game for a lot of the guys that you're talking about, Scott, that are doing these videos and stuff. They're, they're playing, they're playing a volume game, you know, um, scatter shot, right. It's a shotgun. It's a shotgun approach of just like, yeah, just aim in that general direction and hope I hit one of the birds, you know, versus, you know, somebody who is skilled or whatever, but still you, you've both got to be in the duck pond, you know, you've, you've both got to be in there or there, or there's no opportunity for you. And so the challenge does become like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. I do, I do believe that if you are able to figure out, all right, here's, here's how to get the stuff out there so that the algorithm sees it and whatever. And you're in the, you're in the same pool of products as the stuff that's being designed by, you know, by Fiverr uh, designers. Um, then it's no longer a garbage pile, you know, and, uh, right. and your stuff will get out there. But that's, that's the real challenge is that, you know, in the, and, and it's like, it's like if somebody comes to me and I learned this, I learned this from Chris Doe, uh, and I love it. I've used it several times in the last year and it's great. You know, as he says, you know, don't chase clients. If somebody comes to you and says, um, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, I'd like you to work for me. Um, or I, I'd like to hire you to do something. Um, don't immediately start like begging and negotiating or whatever. Um, you know, he says, he says, you know, make sure that they understand that you charge more than a lot of people do. And so like I have said, uh, you know, Hey, listen, I'm not the cheapest guy in town. I can tell you who they are. If you'd like to, uh, you know, if you want to risk it, you can go with, you can go with some students or whomever. Um, you know, but when you, when you hire me, just so you know, I only take work on that. I want to take on. Um, and I only take stuff on that I'm going to do really well at. And so you're going to get a really good, design or illustration or animation. Um, but you're also going to pay more. And if at that point in time, they're like, uh, and it's like, you know what? I don't want that job. Uh, because it's going to be way more work for way less money. Um, 
And, and so it seems counterintuitive to be turning work away like that, but it's super, it, it has really helped um, in, in being able to, I don't have to convince people of that because they sift themselves, but the ones that are like, oh no, I understand. Like, I get it. That's why I'm calling you. It's like, oh good. We can talk. Like we can, we can get going on this. And, and I don't know, man, on, on Amazon, it is, uh, it's a wild west. And, yeah. uh, and I, I'm super curious to see how this works out because you literally could, uh, you know, take the whole thing by storm and, and just because, yeah. you know, um, right now the situation without good designers is that, you know, the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is King. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and so in the land of no design, you know, like a, a halfway, okay, Fiverr designer, is going to do well. And then, Oh, there's a new, there's a new guy in town and, and uh, we've got a new contender and Scott shows up that, that could be a huge game changer, or it could be that it's, it's a market that is so bogged down with garbage yeah. that it just, it just chokes out anything good. And yeah. I, I, yeah. Like tying back to the fast food analogy, like it's like, are you walking into the city that's like, super economically challenged and dominated by 50 billion fast food restaurants. And you're trying to open a gourmet restaurant. Like it it could be that, or it could be a scenario where, you know, people are used to McDonald's and you're opening an in and out across the street. And it's like the, the, you know, inevitably you're going to start getting customers because what you make is better. And I'm just tying that into just, well, let's, let's say that not overrated. 200 McDonald's in a, in a town, you know, and one smash burger shows up and they start, they start charging eight bucks for their burgers and McDonald's is still charging three. Not everybody is going to go to smash burger, but those that are willing to pay more for better quality will, and you'll stay busy. Okay. And, and another thing I'd also say, because like I've caught myself getting in this too, where I'm like, art has value. And I think art does have value, intrinsic value. Like I I think like the comic I'm making is better than a lot of comics that make a lot of money. Not all comics that make a lot of money, but there's a lot of comics out there that are going to sell better than this thing, no matter what way I release it. Yeah. Um, Maybe the thing it's selling better than is just a property. People already feel attached to. We've already talked about that kind of thing ad nauseum, right? Um, so, so like, obviously like I'm a, I'm a fan of doing good art, um, regardless, but I do think a trap a lot of us fall into is forgetting what we do. Cause like on a professional level, what we make is a product now on a personal level. And as an artist, uh, we might believe that it's more than a product. And I, and I would agree with that. We could go down that road and, and talk about it, but but there is a facet of what we do that is making a product that's in a, a system of commerce, right? That has customers. And one thing I find people forgetting often with artists is that like you're a customer and for things that aren't like art based, you care about the bottom line. You want the best product for the cheapest and you want it quickest. That's that's like, the thing. I, I don't think a lot of it's, it just seems them watching some of these marketers. Yeah, they, I don't think they care about the customer at all. I, yeah. I think it's it's all about money. Everything's just about the money. Uh, and of you know, course. and I if I put something out there, I I want to know that the person on the on the receiving end is getting a good product, which is know? great because that'll give you a sales advantage. Like that's that's what I'm getting at. It's like it, when it comes down to it, like there's two different kinds of sales. There's like the cheap car dealer who's like, you're never going to beat this price. It's the best price in town. And they're selling lemons, but the prices are so low. They've lost their mind and they run like these terrible ads. Right. And then you have car dealers that are just like, yeah, yeah, those are cheaper, but our car, if you buy it is going to last, it's going to be good quality. You're going to be able to get parts replaced for cheaper. Like you're going to get better service from our dealership. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's different kinds of car dealers. And, and what I'm getting at is like um, in the marketplace, I'm fascinated to see how it goes. Cause I think Scott, uh, I, I think you've touched on a, an area that's devoid of good quality. 
And, and so to me, I think if there's a way to kind of bypass the algorithm, if what Corey was mentioning as a possibility isn't the case where it, it could literally be like trying to do good design on, um, what was that terrible cafe press, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like right after cafe press was already saturated. It's like, good luck with that because the market's so like, it's so much data. Um, it, it's like releasing a movie on a week where there's 5 billion movies, you know? So yeah. like, even if it's a great movie, how are you going to get it to people? That, that's the challenge. And um, I'm not, I'm not just going into um, yeah. Amazon. I mean, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. Amazon is right. one thing, but even oh, a yeah. lot of the marketers, because they've already flooded Amazon, and it's so easy for people to go in and copy and and all that stuff. Now they're they're trying to move into Redbubble. Now Redbubble is an, a platform for artists. So when you look yeah. at Redbubble, if you go to their site, you're going to see some nice designs, uh, but if you start doing some keyword searches, you're going to find some crappy stuff because the, those people are starting to infiltrate. Yeah. Um, and the same and, thing but they're not, threadless. but they're saying know? they're not doing as well because that the market on, on Redbubble is looking for quality artwork. Yeah. So, the, ex the expectations of the customers are significantly different. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's, the, that's the thing that I think is, is interesting is you've got to find you've got to find the right customers is you know if i have good designs just sitting in my basement and i never show them to anybody you know or i walk them around my neighborhood and and only the you know the 20 people that drive on my street every day see it yeah that, that's a different story you know i i also think there's an interesting challenge in today's world where some people either intentionally or unintentionally choose bad design to rebel against what they think is, you know, like something that they don't want to be. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I don't want to insult anybody, but like, you know, you, you talked about Ob Obama's campaign. Yeah. Uh, other, other politicians have done the <laughs> opposite of that and yeah. intentionally used poor design yeah. as a statement, you know? And so it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing because it is, it is a message. It is an audience. It is a product. It is a design. Yeah. It's all of that in conjunction with, you know, uh, you know, the right time, right place and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a challenge, you know, it's it, marketing is a challenge. I don't exactly know where I'm going there, but there are people that have done, there are people that have done really interesting things with bad design because of what that says. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think what I was getting at as a gist is not to like, I think it is, it is sad. There's um, like, but like, I, I think, I guess what I'm getting at is like, it can be frustrating that people don't value art, but then I realize like, I don't value um, uh, construction as much as I should, like when it comes to my own house, right? Like if, uh, like, I want to see if I can do it myself first, right? I want to see if I can get cheap labor <laughs> to, to do it. Um, cost is very much a factor. I do care about quality at the end, but cost often overrides qual quality because of just my financial situation. Right. Most Americans, most people are in that situation and are viewing art like specifically as a commerce situation. So it, this is the hard part is like, how do we educate people to kind of to just like the contractor who like is trying to get somebody to not pay for like cheap concrete to be poured badly by somebody who's not going to level it properly and stuff like that. How do we kind of step up and, and be that voice? And I think part of it is doing exactly what you're doing, Scott, which is infiltrate. That's number one. Like, let's infiltrate these crappy design places with good design. Yeah. Um, because when people see good, um, nine times out of ten, they're going to pick good. There's that one out of ten who has no taste whatsoever, and that's the person who's going to buy, you know, um, 
like they're going to wear purple and brown and shades that completely clash with each other. Speaking of like the, you know, fashion representing who somebody is, there are some of those people who are never going to match their clothes. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the, uh, you know, which is, which is also, people, which is also okay because, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if there were one answer to a visual problem, yeah. then there would be no jobs, you know, but the fact of the matter is that there are as many answers to a visual problem as there are people out there. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's what I'm kind of getting at is like, I think the way we fight it is by creating good work and also by charging standard fair rates for our labor, because I think otherwise, you know, we're in a scenario where, we're even pricing to compete with, you know, um, with people who are like reselling free stock art, you know, for like, mm. for, for, you know, ridiculously cheap rates or people in other countries who have a lower overhead who, you know, are, you know, uh, pricing out the industry. So it's, it's one of those things of like, what do you do? You flood the market and you price fairly like for your work. And, and try not to fall for the trap of, um, of you know, uh, like, to, to eke a living, like, you know, taking less than, you know, minimum wage. And, well, and, and that, you know, that I saw all the time as a freelancer. I saw some really talented people who were doing work for way less than I realized. And, you know, um, and you'd find out by being you know, quoting a client they had worked for. And they'd be like, well, so-and-so charged whatever. And you're like, really? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, and, yeah. and along, along those lines, um, you, you had asked, like, you kind of posed the question of like, you know, what happens if nobody knows what good design is like, and if everybody's expecting it to be like an off the shelf kind of thing, that's I think that's on us as as artists as creators to to understand and be able to articulate the value that we bring to the table. Yeah, 100%. You know, which is difficult in this situation that we've got, right? That we're talking about today. Um, how do you articulate the value of that um, you know, design uh, when it's when it's a mass market, you know, high production run, you know, type thing? Um, well, that might just be like letting the design stand for itself, but doing the research to do good SEO and SEM, you know, uh, to, th that lets it compete, but in yeah. other, in other areas, you know, this, th there's, there's a lot of different types of value. There's status, there's, there's all types of different things, but like, I I've seen a lot of people start insulting people instead of, instead of educating people you know and it's like it's like oh if you don't know you know why good illustration is valuable then you're just and then the, all the name calling starts coming out it's like that doesn't help you know you're not actually doing something that is going to promote anything useful um and yet you yeah, see a lot of people do that and it's relatively unempathetic because like I said, most artists I know, like if you had like somebody pitching the idea of like, Hey, you can get like, let's say you need to buy a new car and you go to the dealer and they're like, this is a Honda, but it's going to cost you five bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. You would want the $5 Honda. You're probably not going to get a, a running car for $5. Right. Right. But that sure is tempting. And honestly, I would do it if I could get a running car for $5. Like if my car broke down, I needed a car. I'm going to get the best quality I can for the lowest cost I can. That's just how we're wired. Most human beings like getting, like we're all under budgets. So if you can come under budget and get it for cheap, great. So, but there's things that like, and this is where it helps to kind of think about it objectively. Like, um, like guitar buying, right? I have like these uh, Squire guitars that are like the low end of Fender that's outsourced, right? Um, and those are like my project guitars. Like I, I, I mess around with them. I tinker with them. I try to make a good guitar out of a cheap guitar, right? Um, but, 
But when it comes down to like, when it came down to actually buying a legitimate American Fender, I was willing. And if I think about why I was willing, that helps me then sell myself because my art is not a Squire, it's a Fender. I don't know if that makes sense. It's not an off brand that you're going to outsource. It's the real deal and it costs a little bit more, but the quality is better. And that's, that's kind of what what I'm getting at is like, you, you know, we have to do an active job of building our branding as people who create quality. Um, Part of that comes with SEO. Part of that comes with client relations, right? Um, You know, uh, there's, there's an old saying in sales um, and this is the hard sell versus soft sell debate that's existed in sales for years where it's like um, pretty much, I mean, anybody can sell anyone uh, to sell anyone can sell anything to anyone, but to sell something to someone again, a second time, that's skill. That's real sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're talking about retaining clients, when you're talking about um, present providing quality that gets a return for the customer where they come back um, and also just building that knowledge base, then you start building a brand like Fender did um, because most like Fender's, you know, American plant isn't going out of business because they have a cheaper option because the more expensive option is always better in the case of that guitar company. Um, And they've built a brand and built respect for it. That's what we have to do. We have to build a brand, right? Uh, DKNG is a good example too. It's like nobody's going to DKNG expecting fast food rates. And if they are, they're probably not getting them, right? People go to DKNG and they know they're going to probably have to pay a little bit because these are things that are crafted over months. Right. Um, and they're beautiful and they will sell. <laughs> um, and that doesn't work if they don't sell. Right. It doesn't work if they aren't beautiful <laughs> and it doesn't work if DKNG isn't charging fair rates. Right. If they undercut themselves, they won't even be able to allow themselves the time to make great work. So it's, it's a, it's a conundrum. But in the Amazon space, I want to hear how it goes, Scott, because I because I actually think um, if you're seeing it so saturated with bad design, um, it, it could be it it could be like like Corey was describing where it's like it's like you're you're you know a shark and you're jumping into a very small pond where there's yeah, I don't, tiny I don't, little goldfish who think they're killing it. I don't want it to seem <laughs> like I'm I'm the only person that that that, that there's no good designs on there but as you know but the the percentage isn't isn't there and like i said when i'm watching these videos you know there are designers out there i found one designer that it sounds like he's doing pretty good and it doesn't sound like he's doing a whole lot of of additional marketing like after the fact or paid ads or anything like that i think it's based on you know his designs are good but there's yeah. not a lot of people, not a lot of artists talking about that. So, I mean, I even thought, you know, doing like a series where I, I you know, t- I approach that from an artist perspective because there's so much of the other side. But yeah. I, I don't know that that would be good for my channel or I've got other stuff going on right now. So, I mean, I, I probably won't do that. But, I mean, I'll update you. But I'm sure this isn't something that's going to that I'm going to see results from right away. I mean, like I said, of course. it's very difficult in the beginning um, to get out of these bottom tiers because, like yeah. I said, in some ways it is a numbers game. Not that not that I'm going to flood with a bunch of bad designs, but but I've got I've already like I said, I've already got a ton of good designs that I'd like to get out there and I'm limited to what I can put out there. So I've got a few like Valentine's Day designs that I'm hoping might catch on. Um, and then I've got I, I mean, I just started coming up with some really good ideas for some St. Patrick's Day stuff that that tends to be from what I hear other people talking about. And of course, a lot of people are going into that niche, but um, that team tends to do really well. But I've got to get to the point. You know, and, and you, there's certain things you can do. You can buy your way out of the tiers, which I might do some of that because I, I, I mean, I'd like to like test out some of the products. So I might buy some of those. Um, I think to buy yourself out of the, the 10 and 20 tier might cost you like around $300. And then, uh, you know, once once my design, once I get all my designs approved, 
I might just put a call out to, you know, because right now the other thing to do when you're trying to get out of these tiers is don't, you're not looking for any profit. You price them as low as you can. Um, and then, so I'll just, you know, I'll put a call out to people. I'll show them my designs and say, if you ever wanted a shirt from me, you want it about as cheap as you're ever going to get it. Um, this is the time to get it now. And if you have Amazon, you get free shipping. So if you got Prime, so it might be a good idea. So I'll, I'll see if, you know, if that does any good. But, I'll, you know, once I get out of these tier, these first few tiers, um, we'll see what happens. But, you know. I love it. I, you know, it's, it's funny too, because, um, I'm reminded of like this too. There's inevitably still also, um, the conundrum of like, sometimes art doesn't win, right? Sometimes, um, sheer just blank marketing does. But so, so I think it's like, it's really good for us and, and like anybody who's like, kind of listening to our, our show and stuff to kind of just keep in mind, like what kind of artist you want to be. Um, do you want to be like a, a hit making pop song factory or do you want to be, you know, a band that comes out and revolutionizes music, you know? Um, rarely is that completely manufactured. There's a few cases, right? Where it's like manufactured, you know, put together by a big, you know, panel just based on sales and marketing data. Um, but often like the better albums and like the, the musicians and stuff that kind of affect music are people who are really uh, perfecting an album and really making something that's authentic and true. Um, and then it gets ripped off and destroyed by, by commerce later on. But to me, it's like, I, I think we're all kind of a, of the mind of like, um, you, you know, like even Scott, like, I think I, I, I find it awesome that like you've watched these videos and you aren't just going to saturate it. You're going to saturate it with good stuff, you know, and that takes more time. But I like that about, um, us and the artists we know is like the idea that, um, you know, I think, I think we do care about quality because we don't want to rip customers off. Like our goal isn't to make a quick buck and leave. You know, our goal is to to please people and actually give them something they like. And I do tend to think like there's different sales paths and, and sometimes the cheap, shoddy snake oil sales works. But um, but I like that we're kind of on the end of not rolling down that path, you know. Yeah. And everything is a series of trade offs. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. if if it were if we were. A hundred. If we felt like quality, you know, a hundred percent quality over anything else, um, none of us would ever finish a page. We'd never finish an illustration. You know, we would we would start oh, yeah. one illustration, and we would work on that quality, sacrificing time, deadline, completion, everything else to make the perfect thing, um, and then die never having reached that. And so, yep. at some point in time, there is, you know. I mean, even we joke about Josh's page sizes. Uh, you could be doing those three times as large, you know. That's but true. but at, but at a at a at a certain size, though, there's a trade off of you know, is this even going to come out in a usable format? Is the detail that I'm putting in at this size even going to print? You know, yeah. am I going to be able to finish this thing? Uh, you know. It, perceivably if you work three times the size, it might take you 20 years, um, yeah. you know? And, and so at some point in time, there's a trade-off and some people are like, you know, story is more important to me than the visuals. And other people are like visuals, you know, has, has a pretty high up there on the, on the hierarchy of, you know, whatever. And other people are like, I'm, I'm in it for the sales a hundred percent. But yeah. I don't think that a stance that you take in that area um, means that you don't want anything else, you know, like yeah, I would agree. love for my stuff to sell and, and, yeah. to, and to just go gangbusters or whatever, but that doesn't mean that that's my primary goal. Um, and a lot of the people that, you know, we've been talking about, like their primary goal is, is a volume game and they don't, they, you know, the design of it is, is low on the totem pole for them. 
And, and so the interesting thing about the marketplace is that there are customers out there for everything. And so mm-hmm. there are the ones that value, you know, I just want it cheap. And then there are other people that value, you know, like I have a specific level of quality that I'm willing to pay for and other people that value the aesthetic, other people that value the idea, but even in our customers, uh, all of them are, it's like a, it's like a series of dials rather than an on off switch on each of those things. And yeah. So somebody might be a two on one and a 10 on the other and a, you know, a three on a third one or whatever. And the next guy is going to be like a, like a seven, 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 you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, categorizing people as, as all or nothing isn't, isn't super helpful, but, but yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm, I don't know, Scott, what, anything that we talked about, does it, does it kind of like, does it help? Does it trigger any ideas for you? Or is it, is it more, more? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely about? reassuring. I mean, this is one of those where just for inspirational purposes, I might go back and listen to just um, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with this day in and day out watching these videos and trying to take the good and, and trying to separate myself from some of the stuff that really just irks me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of let you guys know how everything goes, you know? Yeah. You know, but it's. It, I, yeah, I tend to think that I, I, I tend to think one of the better ways, um, depending, you know, but but I, I tend to think and firmly believe in the idea that um, good is the right choice. <laughs> and it's not always the easy choice. And in the short term, it's, it's not always the most productive choice. And sometimes in rare occasions in the long term, it's, it's not always the, the, the choice that rewards you the most. But, um, but I do think the beauty of like taking the light side, right? This is like Jedi versus Sith kind of thing. <laughs> um, like you're entering a space battle, Scott, in this scenario, uh, you know, with a lot of Sith Lords out there who are killing it um, with their dark powers and you're going to try to bring the light, you know, I, I, I can't help but pick the light because I'm terrible. First off, I'm terrible at the dark side. Like I'm not good at it. Um, and then second off, like it, it just is harder to defend. Like, you know, it's, it's harder for me to justify on my own. I, I feel that way all the time when I, when I've done comic conventions too. And we've talked about that a lot where it, it's really tempting to just do all fan art because you could sweep up and make a crap load of money. Um, but there's something about not going that path. Um, not that that's bad. It makes me something about there. not going that path for you, for me as an individual. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, and, and that's kind of what we're talking yeah. about is like for some people who have different mm-hmm. goals, they, they choose, they choose a different path. And that's what I love about, the market is that it allows, it allows for a lot of diversity in, in goals and in, in intention. Yeah. Agreed. And, and there's equally potential profits and potential downfalls. And at the end of the day, either way, it's hard as crap to market things. So if you're marketing, you know, snake oil and you're making money good on you. (laughs) And if you're marketing, you know, quality art and you're making money good for you. Uh, well, and I think I think in any situation, yeah. um, you can you can figure out the marketing. You can learn you can learn how to get the stuff out there, but it's going to be a lot better if it's better quality. It's kind of like yeah. marriages. Mm-hmm. I, I heard something one time where it's like I think anybody who tries, you know, you get two people who try can make a marriage work, but it sure is going to be a heck of a lot easier if you guys like each other. You know, like yeah. it's, you know, like, like, yeah, you can, you can kind of make anything work, but like if, if you've got two people of equal quality that are trying to make it work, that's going to be a much better yeah. relationship. And so like, yeah, you can kind of sell anything, but it sure is easier to sell it if it's good. Yeah. And actually, uh, yeah, it makes your job easier. Um, you know, so, all right. Um, I think we've, we've gone for almost two hours. Wow. What a cool topic. Um, Scott, thanks for bringing that up too. Really yeah, good. Yeah, help me help me out. It was good. And yeah, uh, and like, sorry, go ahead, Josh. 
where can I, oh, where can everybody find? Sorry, I was going to say the same thing. You go. Yeah, I was going to say we've been talking about all of your designs. Where can they find those designs if they would like to? Uh, well, some of the designs you can find at cirqueworks.com. Uh, not the shirts and stuff. Actually, the shirts if you get on my YouTube channel right now. Until well, you might want to wait off that because you can, like I said, that I'll be able to offer some of those shirts cheaper as soon as I get them live. But if you want to get some other stuff, I got a store at surfworks.com. I also have my digital products, comic maker toolkit, all that stuff. There's some new fonts and a bunch of stuff for making comics in there. So, yeah. Josh, where can we find your stuff? Um, you can find my stuff at joshuakemble.com or quarterlystories.com. And uh, that's where you can find my story about faith and mental illness. And then you're on my channel. So uh, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and hit that bell. And uh, yeah, Corey, where can everybody find your stuff? You can find my stuff at coreykerr.com. And uh, right now I'm doing a ton on Instagram, and a little bit on YouTube. So so check out check out the Instagram stuff. And if you'd like to venture into the unknown, go find me on go find me on TikTok. I'm I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm putting more stuff up every week. So yeah, but but it's all all there at coreykerr.com. So all right, thanks. You guys are awesome. Go make good stuff because it's easier to sell. We'll see you in a couple days.